Welcome to the Empowered with Erica podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I'm an empowerment coach, mindset mentor, personal development enthusiast, and holistic health advocate. I've spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you are looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life and become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story and to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you are diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Empowered with Erica. Your host, Erica, here, and I'm so excited for today's episode. We are going to talk about a book that I recently finished called The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease. And this book literally so fucking good. Not only did I learn new things, but I think it also reinforced many things that I needed to hear. And it's all all about um, your relationship with money and how to create more financial abundance in your life. But it's really a powerful book and honestly a spiritual book. So before we get into that, I do want to share some stuff with you all. So First, I just want to say thank you for all of your guys' support on the recent podcast episodes where I shared that I'm transitioning out of college athletics, that I'm stepping into a new life phase. I'm really excited for it. And honestly, it was a big, scary change. So I appreciate your guys' support. I also wanted to say that honestly, I was um, scheduled to record this episode today and it's been a tough week. So even though I'm excited to step into a new phase, um, a new career journey, I'm still wrapping up the last two weeks of work. Next week is my last week at the time of this recording, which is August 30th. And um, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot trying to wrap up. It's been a lot trying to really leave the slate like as clean as possible for the next person coming in and really just trying to leave like on a good note, you know? And then on top of that, last night, I had a family member pass away somewhat unexpectedly. I say somewhat because, yes, they did go to the hospital about a week ago, I believe, week and a half, and they weren't doing great. You know, when they when they went at the beginning, it was more of a, hey, they're not looking good, but let's see what's going on, and then really went downhill, and then we were told that the individual would be going on. Um, hospice or going to hospice, but then he wasn't even conscious like enough to sign the papers. And it was a whole thing and um, really took a turn for the worse yesterday and passed away yesterday evening. And that's been hard. Tears have been shed for sure um, because it was, but wasn't unexpected, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when someone's not doing great, but then all of a sudden they just took a major turn and you thought they were going to go home or at least go to, you know, a nursing facility. And then you know, they, you don't even really get a chance to say goodbye. That's been tough. And so I really was uncertain if I'd be able to deliver a good podcast episode, because normally I would have several episodes in the bank. I'll record and I'll be honest, guys, the past couple of weeks with just so many changes, I haven't been having as many in the bank. These have been pretty recent episodes with recent updates. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, I was unsure if I'd be able to, de- to deliver a good episode today and I was really scared. So I 
you know, I was thinking about what do I want to read or what do I want to read? What do I want to talk about? And then honestly, I just finished the last like two chapters of this book and um, because I needed just a little mental break. And when I was going through the notes I'd taken on the book, I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to talk about today. So we're going to dive in. I'm going to do the best I can. Um, you know, this is just my little PSA. PSA. Wow. As you can see, words are kind of hard. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> this is my little PSA to just take the time to tell the people in your life that you love them. And we're going to dive into some more, um, ep- some more lessons I've learned in this episode. Okay. So Money, The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease is really to help you shift your paradigm and shift your mindset towards money and financial abundance. And I will say this is a subject for myself that has been very difficult because we all have our own money stories. We all have the stories that we grew up with that helped or that shaped how we see money. And we were all taught different things. And I've had a lot of conversations with Kyle about this topic, even like his dad about this topic. And all these different things. And it's so interesting, like how just different people are raised differently and how really we have this illusion of money. And so what I really loved in this book is how he dissected the concept of money and really helped um, give you tools for how you could change your financial story. So if you are someone that's maybe not where you want to be, or you've been taking steps towards the money story that you want to have. Maybe, maybe you're not already there yet. Maybe you don't even realize that you need to change your money story. I really recommend this book. I'm going to just talk about a couple things that he talks about in the book, um, read you a couple quotes, really take how it's helped me in my life, how I've applied these concepts in the past, because some of it, I'll be honest, I've learned a lot of this before. But you know when like your dad or your mom or someone tells you something a million times, And then you have to hear it from someone else for it to click. So this concept I've heard a lot, but in this format, it really clicked for me. And I feel like I'm also just at a headspace where I'm finally getting it, if that makes sense. So the first thing he talks about is how money is an illusion. Money isn't really what we want. We want freedom. We want joy. We want creativity, love, connection, community, energy, health, peace, so on and so forth. That's like a paraphrase from a quote from his book. And I find that so interesting because so many people are money focused. I know a lot of people in my life that are money focused, whether it's I don't have enough or that's all I need. If I have this amount of money in my bank account, I'm going to be happy, blah, 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 right? When in reality, is money truly the goal or is it what, or is what money can bring you the goal? So for me, I have a goal of, I want my business to um, to expend this amount. I want my business to bring in this amount of money, right? Why do I want that? Because I want the freedom that um, being your own boss brings. I want the the ability to make decisions. I want the time freedom. For me, it's really all about freedom, whether it's time freedom, being able to spend my time how I want, freedom of location, freedom of um, just so many things, of being able to experience the world in so many different ways, right? And so something I heard, I think I originally heard it from Tony Robbins, but it's really been going around everywhere at this point. But money is just a tool and money is a magnetizer. So money makes you more of who you are. So if you're a total asshole and you get more money, you're going to just be a bigger asshole. If you're a really big giver, you're just going to be more of a giver. So money, in my opinion, does not make you a bad person. We really need to stop giving money so much fucking power because it's not money that has the power. It's how you use it that has the power. 
in my opinion. So something I thought was really interesting, and this is a quote from the book. He said, if you stopped arguing for your limitations, you'd start to see how it's all possible instead of how it's impossible. And I was like, God damn. Okay. I see you. I see you. And I find it really interesting because I'm someone that has struggled with a limited mindset and it's something I've really worked through in a lot of ways. And in certain areas of my life, I've definitely gotten into the habit of having a more abundance mindset, but in certain areas of my life, I still feel so limited. And I think money is one of those areas that I'm definitely getting there. I've definitely made big steps even in the last like month, I'd say, but it's still, it's still like a lot. And I'm really a big believer of like money is just energy, right? But how often do we put ourselves in a box, right? And we have these limitations and we focus on our limitations. We focus on what we can't do or what we struggle with instead of focusing on the possibilities. Like why do we focus on how it's impossible instead of how it's possible? And so here's like a great little small example for that, right? I recently accepted a new job. It's a job that I have a lot of skill sets for, but I've never actually done this job itself, like this career itself. So I really am changing like career paths in that makes me a bit nervous. If I'm just being quite honest, like there's a part of me that's like, okay, like I'm really glad that they trusted me. I'm trusting myself to take this new leap, but like, we'll see how this goes. And one thing that I was a little nervous about was if I were to leave my current position, which obviously I am, but when I was making that decision, I was like, I'm going to need to make X amount. And the amount that I gave them, because, you know, often in interviews, they ask your range was more than what I'm making now. And there's like various reasons for that. I'm not going to go into it. Um, But I was a little nervous about that because it was towards like the top end of their range, right? For this position. And I was like, gosh, I don't know if they'll give me it because because like I don't have experience in this field. Now, again, I really have a lot of skills that I think will be amazing in this field. And that's why I feel very confident that I'll do good or do well in this position. But um, I was like, I don't know if they're going to see it that way. I really think I sold myself, but who knows? And then they offered me exactly what I asked for. And I was like, well, shit, that is amazing. And it's just like a small example of how I was so focused on the impossible and the limitations instead of seeing what's possible. And it was really, really cool to see someone else believe in me the way I believed in myself, right? So another thing he talks about is learning how to align with your soul. When you remove everything from your life that doesn't support and inspire the highest version of yourself, that's how you need to go about money. Like you need to remove everything from your life that doesn't support and inspire the highest version of you. And you need to listen to those little callings and discover that the more you move into alignment with your entire being and work from a higher paradigm, that um, that will create more ideas and faster ideas and it'll become easier. Does that make sense? So you need to listen to those little callings in your life. You need to learn how to align with your soul. And once you remove all the things that no longer support you, you are making room to step into that highest version of yourself. And I talk about this in a lot of different ways because it's applicable in so many different areas of your life, not just money. It's um, health, fitness, relationships, money stories, career, like so many different things, right? When you stop putting yourself in a fucking box is when you're able to really step outside of that box that you put yourself in, right? Like you need to remove the box. You need to remove the limitations, the walls, right? You also need to learn how to find your own answers, right? So stop letting those external circumstances determine your inner state. 
and you need to truly discover who you are and what you bring into the world. So I definitely am someone that could have let my outer circumstances determine my inner state. And I am someone that I struggle with that. Um, I do still struggle with that in some ways. Like Kyle says, that I definitely am someone like you can read my energy, right? When something's bothering me, I don't hide it very well. Um, and to an extent, I kind of like that I'm like that. You know what I mean? Because I think it's authentic. I'm not like here to bullshit and I just don't vibe with that. I don't roll that way. Um, but I am someone that I have had, I've had the experience in the past where I definitely let external circumstances determine my inner state. So I've let the stress of the world and things that are out of my control really affect uh, my stress levels. And that's not good. Right. And when you can let go of that is when you can really discover like who you are and what you bring into the world. So um, when you align with the vibration of abundance and freedom on the inside, that's when your life will start to mirror that vibration. So you really have to step into the role of who you want to be before you become it for it to happen. Does that make sense? Like kind of the concept of fake it till you make it. Essentially, you need to align yourself with the vibration of abundance. And I talked about this in my Power of One More episode where I went through that book, how you need to turn up the heat in your life. And I believe that was episode, I believe 23, I think, um, turning up the power of your life or turning up the heat in your life. Because when you are able to just turn up the temperature and be able to be the person that you want to be, that's when your life will start to mirror that. And why is that? Because I believe that energetically you are raising your vibration. You are raising your vibration to the point where you are able to receive this abundance, receive these opportunities, right? So you need to think about what beliefs do you need to let go to step into the next um, story of your life? Like, what do you need to let go to step into your next version of yourself, the highest version of yourself, your next steps? So for me, I need to let go of certain things. Um, you know, I, if we're getting deep here, because fuck it, why not? That's what we do on this podcast. If we're getting deep here, one of the reasons why I decided to switch positions and to look at new career paths is because when I was starting out in athletic training, um, I was really using it as an escape mechanism. Like when I was in undergrad, um, when I started to, what's the word I'm looking for? When I started to, um, work in the AT room as an undergraduate student, as a volunteer, thank you. That's what I was looking for. When I started to volunteer in the AT room, I was really using it as kind of an escape for my life. You know, I was just at the tail end of my sorority experience, which at that point had gotten kind of negative and I was really stepping into something and I was really enjoying myself. I was really unsure what the fuck to do with my life. And I enjoyed working in the athletic training room. Right. And so I then really had this at that time in my life, I saw the career path and I saw the limitations of the career path. And I just realized that, um, I, I realized now looking back that I was okay with being in this career, especially at the collegiate level, because I had these internalized limitations for what life could look like as an AT. So I'm just going to make a lot of generalizations right now and just know that this is not everyone's story, but I'm just going to tell you what I see at the division one level specifically. Um, and what I see in college athletics specifically for a woman, this is not necessarily true for men as much, but welcome to a sexist society where, you know, women 
have to go through a lot more things and different things. So yay, not going to go on a feminist rant right now, but you know, a lot of the women that I know that work at, in collegiate athletics, um, especially the ones that are, let's say a couple generations older than me, um, they often don't have kids. They often maybe don't even have a relationship and that's nothing is wrong with that. So I want to put that out there right now. Nothing is wrong with that, but I have yet to see someone who has been in the field for 20 plus years that at the college level as a woman working in collegiate athletic training that has been able to find that balance of family life and raising a family and being a present mother and being able to still be a collegiate athletic trainer. And that's because it's a very high workload. And again, I can promise you there's people out there who do it. I'm just telling you, I haven't really seen it. I can think of one or two people from my fellowship. And even then, like their kids are still very, very young. So who knows like how long they'll be there. I'm talking, I know very few women specifically who kids are off to college now and they're able to stay a collegiate athletic trainer throughout their whole, like throughout their whole raising child, like raising children experience. Right. And so a big part of that, like, how does this tie in is I had a lot of limiting beliefs for a long time that I've really just started to dismantle in the last like year or two about not feeling worthy of having a loving relationship, not feeling worthy of Um, having a family someday, not feeling worthy of really having this uh, family life that I want and being able to have these like somewhat traditional things. So how does that tie in? Well, I didn't really fucking care that the career I was going into is going to have me work a lot of hours, work on weekends, travel, work evenings, you know, depending on your sport and just be high demand and So like the position I'm in right now, I will say my hours are pretty good comparatively to other collegiate athletic training jobs. But that being said, you still are kind of at the beck and call of people 24 seven. You know, Kyle constantly brings up, I shouldn't say constantly, but he's brought up multiple times how, oh, you had to answer a call at 9 p.m. on Valentine's Day and you had to deal with that situation. And I'm like, yes, yes, I did. Not ideal, right? And that sucks for your partner. But I think in my mind, I really told myself like, oh, it doesn't really matter because that won't be happening for me anyways. So I put myself in this box and this limiting belief box. And so I needed to let go of those beliefs to step into the next story of my life. And I think I've really started to let go of those. Like I actually do believe I'm worthy of a loving relationship. I do believe I'm worthy of having a family and, you know, God willing, and all those things that I've wanted for a long time that I told myself I didn't want because I didn't believe I deserved it and I didn't believe it would happen for me, right? So then I chose a career path that really um, makes it more difficult to have those things. And again, just because it's more difficult doesn't mean it's impossible, but I'm just telling you the nature of college athletics, it's really fucking hard, okay? So I didn't know if I wanted to do that. I was like, I don't want to go, you know, go to another team's uh, game or another team's competition when... I couldn't even go to my own kids competition. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to have to put work above my family. And oftentimes you have to do that in collegiate athletics. That's just like the way of the world. And so when I found this position, of course, like nothing is perfect. I'm sure it won't be perfect. I'm not naive, but I like that it gave me, since it's a remote position, location freedom. So Kyle and I have thought about like, do we want to live in Arizona forever? Who knows? What do we want to do next? And that gives me at least that freedom. 
and it was, you know, a raise, which is amazing. So there's that limiting, like get, letting go of that belief of what value am I worth? Like, what is the box that I put myself in that I'm worth? And I've really realized, no, I'm worth more than what I'm getting paid right now. And I want to put myself in a position where I'm going to continue to grow, right? And so really being able to align your life with this vibration of abundance and freedom and your life externally will start to mirror that. And I think because I was able to start stepping into those beliefs and the thing is, guys, I didn't just tell myself I believed it. I really fucking believed it in my core. I really, really believed it, right? So it wasn't just a story that I was telling myself. I was starting to embody this, which again, I talked about in the turn up um, the heat of your life episode, which again, I believe is episode 23. And I'm going to link that in the show notes, right? So you really need to let go to be able to step into your next story. And if I wasn't able to let go of the stories that I told myself that put myself in a box, I probably would never have found this position that I'm going to be stepping into. And I would have never probably received it. Right. But my vibrations finally matched which is really fucking exciting, right? And again, for my little rant on like why I went into that field, I just want to say like, I know there are people who can make it work and there's people who love it and that's awesome and I'm not at all dissing them. I just realized it was not for me, okay? That's just, that's how it is. And now let's talk about the illusion of security. So a lot of people equate money with security. And let me tell you, that's not that true. I mean, to an extent, yes, but Your relationship with money is a mirror to the relationship you have with yourself. So remember that life is very temporary. You know, like I just said, I just had a relative pass away less than 24 hours ago. Life is very temporary and there is no external security, right? The more money you hoard, that doesn't necessarily guarantee security. The more money you make doesn't guarantee security. The only place you are truly secure is within yourself. And so being able to take away that Um, vision of external security and realize that security comes within is an amazing way to change your relationship with money. And that when you feel more secure with yourself internally is when more money and abundance is going to come into your life. Okay. Also, you need to really be able to love and accept where you are currently at. So acceptance of your current situation is going to help you create internal abundance that allows you to actually receive that external abundance in a sustainable way, right? So I needed to come to terms with where I was at financially, like what student loans do I have? What do I have here? Do I have here? What's like my income? What's my output? Like what does this all look like? And I needed to have acceptance to be able to be in a state of receiving um, in a sustainable way. And nothing is random. There are perfect synchronicities that are designed to continuously bring life to a higher level expansion. So without going into, whoo, sorry, I just hit my microphone. JK, let's reset for a hot minute. Okay. So without going into all the details, right? Nothing is random. There are perfect synchronicities that are designed to continuously bring life to a higher level of expansion is something he says in the book. And without sharing too much, I will say there was um, something that happened over the summer that really for me was the straw that broke the camel's back and made me seriously start looking at other jobs. And the day I was like, fuck it, I'm looking and seeing what's out there. I found the job that I then ended up taking. (laughs) And I remember my first interview, um, the woman was supposed to call me and she was late and I was like, oh, fuck, like, did I already fuck this up? I haven't even started yet. And she called me and I was like so scared. But when I looked at the time that she called me, I was like, oh, I'm taking this as a sign, right? And 
you can judge me, but I'm a big believer in like angel numbers. So those repeating numbers, I'm, I'm a believer that those are signs from the universe. And she ended up calling me at 111. So 111, which is a powerful angel number. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that as a good sign. And then I just had more signs show up regarding this um, job. And it was really, really cool. And I was struggling a little bit because they hired multiple people for the position. And because of that, the interview process took a long time and I was getting very impatient. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? My athletes are coming back soon. I really need to know what's happening so I can like create a game plan. Um, because I really wasn't going to keep looking once school started because there's just so much that goes into it. Right. And I am, I do really care about my athletes and, um, my position now and making sure that it goes well for the next person. Right. But even literally as I was typing out an email in my notes section of like, Hey, just following up, want to see how things are going, blah, blah, blah. As I was like, and this was like maybe my third follow-up email over the course of the time, because it kept being like, Hey, we're going to like, you'll hear back soon. And then another email to me saying, Oh, this is why we haven't made a decision yet. And all these different things. And I think a big part of it was honestly, guys, I didn't like apply in a traditional way for the job. Someone told me about the job and was like, email this person and none of the jobs were posted. And then about a week after I talked to HR there, I saw the job posted. So I'm pretty sure I was like early in the, um, application process before they started opening it up to multiple people. And thus like my wait time was a lot longer, if that makes sense. But basically what I'm saying is like, none of this was random. It wasn't random that the day I decided I want to look for something else is the day that I got connected to someone that works at my current or where my new job will be. And I talked to her about it and she loved it. And she connected me with their HR person. And within less than 24 hours, I had my first interview and then she called on an angel number and then all these different things, blah, 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 blah. And I really do believe that this is going to bring a higher level of expansion into my life. And I'm very excited for that. Right. So that's just something to look out for that. Nothing is random. Everything happens in, in synchronicities and all these synchronicities are perfect because, so I had applied to a very similar position earlier in the summer, like May, but I wanted it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I need it. You know what I'm saying? But I really wanted it. And I was so disappointed when I didn't get it. And I realized that it's because I needed to wait for this position because this position really supports athletic trainers and they're going to support me to continue my certification and continue um, my licensure and be able to still have that, even though I'm not going to be in the traditional practice, which is amazing. And I don't think other um, companies in this field would really give a fuck because it doesn't necessarily matter that I'm an athletic trainer to do this job. Like anyone could do this. I don't say anyone, but a lot of people can do this job, you know? Um, so that was amazing. And I was like, oh, I love that. Like I'm stepping into this role, but in a way that's still catered a bit more to what my training is in, if that makes sense. So I really believe that that first rejection in May was to set me up for this acceptance that happened in August. Okay. So I want to talk about raising your value. So when we are answering our calling, all the skills that we could ever need will show up. So I'm going to talk about that for a hot second because honestly, you need to listen to your intuition. You need to listen to the callings that you have on your heart because they are not random. Okay. Like what you love, the desires on your heart are not random. And when you lean into that, the skills that you need will show up. So I did not know how to fucking make a podcast. 
All right, y'all. I did not know. But um, like I talked about in uh, my U-turn episode, like when to know it's time to U-turn, I'd have to look up which episode number it is. It's been one of the more recent ones. I'll put it in the show notes. When I read that book and I realized what my core values are and my core interests and all those different things, my core skill sets, I realized, huh, like words is one of mine. And I love podcasts. And I just kept getting this nagging feeling to start a podcast. And I was like, I do not know what the fuck I need to do. And then I kind of did a little bit of research and I learned what the skill sets were and all the skills just showed up. All the things that I needed just showed up. And honestly, for me, it was pretty easy. And it's not always easy. Like it's not easy necessarily coming up with content every week or what to say. Um, But I do believe that these skill sets have come up in my life because I am answering the call that I meant to answer. And I'm so grateful for that, right? And so you're going to naturally start moving towards the things that are a higher level and increase your value even more when you release yourself from the things in life that are lowering your internal value. So like we talked about earlier, to raise your value, to naturally move towards things that are going to be at your higher state of consciousness, you need to release the things that are keeping you stuck that are lowering your internal value. So, you know, I've had to do that a lot of times in life. And a big example for me was when I decided to go sober, when I decided to stop drinking, because that was just keeping me stuck and it was decreasing my internal value. And when I was able to move on from that, it really naturally started to allow me to like live at a higher version of myself. I also want to um, say again that you are your best investment. This is something I've talked about many times, and I think this alone needs its whole podcast episode, its own podcast episode, and I actually am having a guest come on soon. She was actually, we were supposed to interview tomorrow, but because I'm going to be leaving um, for a funeral tomorrow, I'm going to go back to Michigan for five days. We won't be able to do it until probably a week or two, but I think this is something we're going to touch on is how you are your best investment, guys. So when you're looking at your finances, when you're looking at where you're putting your money, Make sure that you are investing some of it back into yourself, not just the stock market, not just this, not just that, not just crypto, not just the next fucking thing. I mean, of course, make sure you're investing your money wisely, but you know what your best investment is? Your fucking self, your health, mental, emotional, spiritual. So in my opinion, someone said this to me, I think it was my friend Beth, like way back when, when it comes to like health things, you're either paying upfront or you're paying down the road. So something I've talked to Kyle about is like, I'm, I mean, if you can't fucking tell, a bitch likes to eat, right? I like food. I like high quality food. I'm not going to eat shit. All right. And I'm going to eat fruits and veggies. I'm going to eat meat. I'm going to eat all these different things. Like I'm tr- really trying to have like less processed food, which means when you're eating healthier food, un- unfortunately, it's more expensive. And I see that as an investment in my health long term, because am I going to pay for it now? Or am I going to pay for it down the road when I have a shit ton of medical bills? Like, what am I going to do? I am my best investment. And again, I think I'm going to do a whole podcast recording about this because honestly, there are so many ways that I have started to invest in myself that have really, really helped me up level my life. But just remember that you are your best investment. And when it comes to money and the illusion of money, it is not um, spoiling yourself. It's not being, quote, bad with money to invest in yourself. Now, of course, of course, of course, you don't want to necessarily be, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't want to be ridiculous and irresponsible, right? Like I'm not someone right now that's going to go buy a thousand dollar pair of shoes. 
But to be quite honest, that's not something that I think would be a best investment in myself. Now I have spent a thousand dollars on a course. I have done that. And that was a great investment because that course did lead me to start this podcast and a lot of other fucking shit. And a lot of people would probably be like, oh my God, you're crazy. Why would you invest in that? And I'm like, because I'm fucking worth it. That's why. So, and it's up-leveled my life and it's helped me tremendously, like tremendously. And it's one of the reasons why I'm going into coaching because I have seen the power of it and I want to be able to pay it forward. Okay. So do not forget you are your best investment. If there's someone you've been wanting to work with, a course you've been wanting to do, if you've been like wanting to join a certain gym or start shopping at a certain grocery store, I really think it's worth like adding that to your budget, like fucking do it seriously, in my opinion. And that may be a privilege, but I just really think that when you open yourself up to that, you allow more abundance to come in. So sorry, I'm like out of breath. Let's pause, take a drink break. If you're listening to this, take a sip of fucking water because we're always dehydrated. All right, perfect. So you are the like the average amount of alignment. You have to literally let go of your limited story from your past to let in a new, bigger possibility to show up, right? So like we were saying, you have to let go of your old stories to allow the new stories to take form in your life. And you need to follow your body's intuition over your mind's security and limited logic. And to vibrate on a new level, you'll need to go through a real transformation. So when it comes to this book, The Illusion of Money, if you haven't gotten the fucking hint yet, it's very fucking spiritual. It is so spiritual and it's so about your vibration. If you are in a low vibration, do not expect financial abundance. Don't fucking expect it because you probably won't see it. Where if you are focusing on following your intuition and vibrating at the higher version of yourself, you are much, much more likely to go through that transformation. Okay? So think about that. How have you been limiting yourself? What are those stories of the past? Like I was talking about earlier, my past story was... I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of having a family. I'm scared to be a mom. I'm scared to do this, that, and the other thing. And I really had to let that go to step into this newer version of myself where, you know, taking this new position, this new job, it's going to set up my life better for when I am ready to potentially have a family or when I am ready to get married or when I am ready to do all these things because I'm going to be able to be at a state where I'm going to be able to show up the way that I want to a bit more if that makes sense. And so you really need to follow your body's intuition. So when I was offered, so like Kyle and a couple other people that knew that I was applying for jobs, they were like, do you think you'll accept the job if you're offered? And I was like, you know, we'll see what happens when I'm offered. And honestly, as soon as I was offered it, I was like, fuck yeah, this is not just a, this is not a, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it was a fuck yes. And let me tell you right now, at least for my manifesting generators, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. I'm going to repeat that. When you are making big life decisions, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. We need to stop going for mediocre. You need to let go of your limited stories from your past in order to let that new bigger possibility, that new story of your life show up and manifest. Okay, you need to change the vibration of your life. So if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. That needs to be your new fucking motto, okay? And if you don't like how often I say the word fuck, I'm sorry, I ain't gonna change it. I'm just gonna tell you right now. I'm probably a disappointment to many people, but so be it. So, all right, now 
talking about our past. We got a couple other things. He has a chapter called Hoarding Your Past. And this is a quote from it. I'm going to share because I really like it. And then we're going to unpack it a little bit. The painful stories of our past aren't just there to make us feel sad or angry or repressed. They are there to take us deeper and uncover a bigger part of ourselves. When you give that pain the space and attention it needs, you keep drilling deeper and eventually it will lead you to an entirely new perspective and the ability to connect to what you are on a new level. Like, goddamn, goddamn. It's so true. So how often do we hang on to the painful stories of our past and make it part of our, our identity? And they aren't just there, though, to make us feel sad or angry or repressed. They are there to take us to a deeper version of ourselves and uncover a bigger part of ourselves. So I have to tell you all, the past, like, couple of years have really kicked my ass. Like, I've talked about it a lot. And it's not funny, but it's interesting to see the parallels of the story that the universe is giving me right now and how, you know, I had something really painful happen and then I had a death in the family and that death in the family really kickstarted the forgiveness to a certain family member that I had and it started to open the door to creating a new relationship with a family member of mine. And then in the past six months, um, I've had to really reevaluate one of my relationships with a different family member. And I feel like, um, this family member of mine that passed away recently, um, leading up to their death and now their death has definitely also kickstarted the rebirth of this, of another relationship with a certain family member, a different family member. Right. And it's just so fucking interesting, the parallels. And I would go into more detail, but I don't want to like, um, I want to respect people's privacy, so I'm not going to, but it's so interesting that like something that happened, what, late 2020 is now happening again in 2022 in my Saturn return, which I talked about last time, but basically your Saturn return is ages 28 to 30. And it's typically when a lot of big changes happen that um, change the trajectory of your life. And in the manifesting generator with my profile, I am a four, six, and that six acts like a three for the first 30 years of my life. So when I had my mat, when I had my human design reading, she was talking about how um, around 28 to 30, like in those years is when I'm going to start stepping into the new six role. And for me and my astrology, and it's so fucking weird. And this is why I believe in astrology and spirituality and all this shit, guys. This is why I'm a woo-woo bitch. This is why I love my crystals. See, this is amethyst. This is my favorite. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. But um, I believe in all this shit because I've seen how it aligns with my life. I see how it aligns with my life. And I see how all these things that kept me stuck, these stories in my head, I needed these things to happen to uncover new versions of myself and how, so with um, my Saturn return and with these different things in my astrology and in my human design chart, it literally says you are meant to go through a lot of shit. You are meant to be someone that experiences a lot of things in life and then uncover and unpack the lessons from that and share it with other people. And well, no shit. Weird. Maybe that's why I feel so called to have a podcast and to share a lot of the lessons that I've learned in life. Like, 
And this isn't something I learned and then I did this podcast. Like this is something I discovered about myself after I started my podcast. And I was like, oh, that's fucking wild. That's wild. And just seeing the correlation. So anywho, sorry, I went on a bit of a tangent there. I just want you to recognize that your past stories are not there to make you feel sad or angry or anything like that. They're there to take you deeper and to uncover a bigger part of yourself. And you really need to be able to allow yourself to sit with that pain and give it the space and attention it needs so that you are able to really see a new perspective and connect to yourself on a new level. Okay. We got a couple more things to talk about. Um, Okay. This chapter was like, Oh shit. And it's a little contradictory to my episode that I did about, um, with about Ed Milet's book, The Power of One More, which again, I think is episode 23. It's going to be in the show notes. Don't you fucking worry. It's going to be in the show notes, but he talks all about expansion and the concept of goals versus intention. And again, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on my moon magic practice because it's fucking sick. I just want to try to get the creator of the moon magic practice on my podcast because she can explain it a hell of a lot better than me. But let me tell you right now, guys, I have had so many crazy things happen when I live my life from an intention. So something he says in the book, and I'm going to paraphrase right now, is that when you have a defined goal, it can actually sometimes cap you and it can keep you at a level because our minds only see us having success to a certain point. And some people are much better at this than others. Some people are really good at having an expansive mindset, but a lot of people are not. Right. And so, like I said, I have a lot of limiting beliefs and it's something I've worked through and I'm really trying to get better at it. Right. But sometimes what he's talking about is sometimes your goals can actually limit you because they are attached to because you are attaching to an external outcome and that when you go from a goal to an intention, when you have more of an intention mindset, you're surrendering to the results and you're going into a deeper place that has no defined outcome that has an infinite amount of possibilities. So goals can limit you, but intentions can expand you. And you're going to be like, but Erica, didn't you say the importance of having goals? Like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? And I can see it, especially when it comes to money, how an intention and living with intention can actually be much more beneficial. And so this is why I say this. And I'm going to just give you an example that I had. So when in my moon magic practice, every new moon, I set an intention for the lunar cycle. And then I journal on that intention throughout the lunar cycle. So I started the new moon. And we go through the eight different moon phases and there's different journal prompts and with um, whatever the moon is in, whatever astrological placement the moon is in, there's different themes. And I choose one based on the theme typically. And then I journal on it throughout the theme. And it's very fucking powerful. And I really think it's that powerful because it's your setting an intention and you're focusing on that intention. I really feel like it's honestly a very hands-on version of manifestation. So I joke that I manifested Kyle because a couple, I think it was like two lunar cycles before I met him, I really set my intention not, and it was funny. So my intention was not to, not to find the sexiest, hottest boyfriend alive. That was not my goal. My goal was to prepare my heart to meet the right person. That was my intention. And it was like very, it was much better well said. Like I wrote it out much better than that. But essentially the heart of the intention was I want to prepare myself for a healthy, loving relationship. And like, not that long after I met Kyle and are we perfect? No, but is it very fulfilling and I'm very happy? Yes. (laughs) And I'm excited to see, you know, where we go. And even, um, 
last summer, you know, one of my intentions was to increase my finances. And I was like, oh, I want to make more money doing this or this or this. But when I set my intention of finances for my moon magic practice, instead of focusing on, I want to make this amount in my side hustle, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. I was like, I just want to increase my financial wealth. And that month, um, I was offered a situation that would cause my rent to decrease significantly. And so my rent, um, my rent changed and that freed up a lot of money, right? So maybe I wasn't making more money, but now I had more room with my money. In that same month, I had a couple different side jobs pop up out of nowhere that I was not expecting. And then those side jobs paid me more than what they said they would. You know, for example, one camp that I worked, it was like a basketball camp, I think. They said they were going to pay us like 300 bucks. And then I got a check in the mail and it was for 500. And they were like, yeah, we just decided to pay you more. It's like, what? You just paid me 200 more dollars, almost 50% more than like what I was told when I took the job, like, fuck, thank you. And that's what I'm saying, guys. When I focused on the intention is when I've had more results. When I focus on the goal, I have less results. And so I'm kind of thinking, is this something I need to do? Instead of focusing on, I want X amount of downloads every episode, for my podcast or focus on, I want this amount of coaching clients, focus on how many people can I help? How many people do I want this to reach? I want this podcast to reach so many people. And I want this podcast to change hearts. And I want this podcast to really be something that brings people joy and inspiration and motivation. You know, one of the best compliments I got recently was someone texted me, uh, one of my consistent listeners, you know who you are. You're amazing. I so much love and appreciate you. She texted me and she was like, Erica, I just love that your podcast makes me think with intention every week. Like it has really allowed me to live a more intentional life. And I was like, that is the biggest fucking compliment ever. Because sometimes I'm like, is my podcast too all over the place? Is it, you know, we talk about a lot of different shit. You know, a lot of people in this space say you need to niche down and you need to focus on one thing. And I'm like, no, because when you're living an empowered life and expanding your life, you are, you're going to just keep going and you're going to learn all these different fucking things, right? So living with intention, I think is the way to go. And I think you can have some goals, but I think really focusing on the intention and the why behind them is really what's going to help you. I think that's why a lot of people say, focus on your why, determining your why, have a why that makes you cry or whatever. And I really think the reason that's powerful is because you're focusing on the intention versus the goal itself, right? Okay. So last couple of things, and this is something that I've definitely seen um, since 2020. These things are falling apart to get you closer to your intention. So when things start falling apart in your life, when things start crumbling around you, take it as a good fucking sign that you are about to up level. I think they call them tower moments and you have to have that powerful crumble before you can have that powerful rise. And things falling apart is because you are removing things from your life in order to get to the next version of your life or God, universe, whatever you want to call it, is removing things from your life that is keeping you where you are. And if you are wanting to get somewhere else and create a new version of yourself, you need to be able to let go. And sometimes you need things to fall apart like to be able to let go of that. So one of, um, without going into details, one of the things that happened in the past, like what, I guess, eight-ish months now since February is... Um, my relationship with someone changed and that's been very difficult and we're now rebuilding a better relationship. And I am optimistic towards that, but having it quote fall apart. And I was so scared. I'm like, am I going to lose this person in my life? This is heartbreaking. Like I'm so sad. Like I'm so hurt. 
I'm so broken, blah, 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 blah. But what it did is it really allowed me to remove the attachment that I had in a unhealthy way in the sense of, I'd say we were probably somewhat codependent and I was able to, I really relied on this person for emotional security and stability. And so when I lost that or felt like I lost that, it was so fucking hard. Like, oh my God, I was like, why is my life falling apart? What the fuck? This is terrible. Like what the actual fuck, okay? And then I realized I needed this to happen in a way I'm still not happy it happened, but I needed something to happen to allow me to detach, to be able to create a healthier and non-codependent attachment and to be able to have a healthier relationship where I don't go to this individual for all my support and I don't like almost get their permission before I do something, right? So that's just something to think about. Okay, last couple things. And I talk about this a lot, but you really need to be able to give in order to receive. So this is changing the scarcity mindset. If you are not able to give and be generous, you are not going to be able to receive. So your ability to receive is equal to your ability to give and vice versa. So I've heard a lot of different ways this has been talked about, but truly guys, if you do not feel like you have enough money to give to charity or give to a cause or an organization, that you care about, you will not be in a mindset of abundance to receive. Because if money is just energy, if you're able to give it away, you are trusting that it will come back to you. You are trusting that I will have more down the road. And so being able to to give and not just give being like, oh, I'm going to give this because I know that the universe is going to provide and I'm going to get even more. Like you don't want to go give money because of that. You want to give from a heart of abundance and love. But being able to do that and being able to be in that place is really what allows you to receive because you, if you can't give, like, how are you supposed to receive, right? Kind of like people are like, oh, if you only, if you don't love yourself, how are you supposed to love others? It's honestly like the same concept, but with money. So if you're someone that really struggles with money mindset and not feeling like you're able to receive more, I challenge you to start giving money away and obviously be responsible about it, but maybe just push yourself a little bit more than what you normally do. So for an example for me is I had it set up to donate um, a certain amount of money every month to an organization that I care about. And I just had it in auto pay. And, you know, I've actually had to change that up a little bit and I'm challenging myself. Okay. Can I just up the amount 10% just to make it a little more uncomfortable? Like the amount I was giving was a comfortable amount. And I'm like, "Mm, let's get a little uncomfortable and still responsible. Like I'm not fucking I'm not putting myself in a position where I can't pay my bills, but I think it's really important because if you can't be generous, you're not going to be in the energetic state to receive. So that's just something to think about. And then last little thing we're going to talk about is unconditional love. Okay. So this is a great quote. Living a life of abundance is about falling back into the truth of what you are and to learn the source of your own power and completeness to create a life that is abundant and fulfilling. So excuse me, when you allow the parts of you that have been trying to control, manipulate and manipulate life to leave, no one can control or manipulate you, right? So you need to get to the truth of who you are and to feel complete within yourself. So you need to remove everything that feels stagnant and move towards the vision of possibility that you um, maybe have wrote down or envisioned for yourself. You need to prove to yourself that you are not just living in the wake of your limited awareness from yesterday. If you weren't worthy of receiving love and abundance and fulfillment, you wouldn't be here. 
you are literally worthy just because you exist. So those are a couple paraphrased quotes from the book, but I think it's so true, guys. It's so true. Living a life of abundance is really stepping into the truth of who you are and feeling your ability to feel worthy. And you don't need to do anything to be worthy. You are worthy just because you exist. And so you need to be able to fall in love with yourself and your life, in my opinion, and to be able to step into a fulfilling life, to be able to be in the energetic state that is going to come with financial abundance. And here's the thing, guys. Again, there is no magic about amount of money that's going to make you happy. And actually, this was being talked about in a call I was on the other day about how um, it was for a business I'm a part of. And they were just talking about like, what goals do you have? How are you creating your goals? And this really goes back to the intention piece. And they're like, why why did you decide that making, making X amount a month is magically going to make your life better? Like, why are you putting yourself in that box? You need to feel worthy and abundant and you need to love yourself and fall into the truth of who you are because you're putting yourself in this box. And why did you just make up that number? Like, why is 10K months going to be what it is that you quote need? Like, that's not necessarily true. You need to be able to allow these parts of your life that have been controlling and manipulating to leave. Like no one can, can control and manipulate you. You have the power over your life and you need to step into that power. You need to step into this highest version of yourself and you need to be able to let go. So I think the overarching theme here, guys, is let go. Let go of the limiting beliefs, of the stories you've told yourself, of the things you've thought you knew about money because money is energy. Money is a magnifier. Money is just a tool. It's neutral. It's not good or bad, right? And we can create a life we love if we live with intention. I 100% believe that. So I hope that this made sense to you guys today. If you want to pick up the book, The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's really, really good. Um, I hope this made sense. I know we were kind of all over the place and I really appreciate you guys um, listening and supporting me. I know it's been it's been like kind of a hard 24 hours. So I'm just like proud of myself. (laughs) I'm just proud of myself for pressing record today because I was like, I don't know what we're going to get. So I appreciate you guys. I love you all so much. So please do not forget to stay empowered and let's have an amazing week. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our community. Don't forget to check the show notes for the resources I shared in today's episode and of course to connect with me on social. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at erica.vishkalis. You can also find me on Facebook at ericavishkalis. If you want to be a part of our online community, check out our Facebook group, Empowered with Erica. You can also find all of our offers and community links at empoweredwitherica.com. I always love hearing from you, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and tag me with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about and share it with someone who you think would love it too. I cannot wait to share more with you. I will see you next week and don't forget to stay empowered.